So whenever your name is called, you tend to pay a bit more attention, don't you? So in that passage we just read, it says, Simon, are you asleep? So um, my name is Simon. In case some of you haven't met me, I'm one of the church wardens here. But um, uh, So I take that, Simon, are you asleep, as a personal message here. I have to stand up, so that's not much danger for me. Hopefully not much danger for you. What we're... Um, we're going through, as Hugh mentioned, a series which matches Alpha somewhat. This first month, uh, Jesus January, we're focusing on the life of Jesus. And uh, last week, Hugh had, I think, two verses to discuss for Jesus as a child. I think uh, this Sunday I have 500. So I hope no one has lunch plans. I'm going to take a slightly different approach, though. You'll be pleased to hear And rather than run through the life of Jesus as an adult, I'm going to pull out a few things, five actually, uh, that just help us think about the humanity of Jesus, uh, because often we we miss that or we overlook it. And it's important to recognise that, because Jesus was both fully man and fully God. It's, It's a strange concept odd concept but he was and we know that he was fully human because the bible tells us that but also he was born he might have had an unusual conception but he was born as a baby and he had a mother and a father and he had brothers and sisters and he lived as far as we can tell a pretty normal family life and i suspect his parents knew that he was special they were told that he was going to be special uh, when he was born and when he was presented in the temple for the first time But I'm sure, even with that, that his parents sought to treat him as much as they could as the other brothers and sisters. And they would have had to manage arguments and discussions and fights and everything else, just like any normal family. We only have a few instances when he's a child, but what we are launched at, in particular with this passage that we read today in Mark and the baptism of Jesus, is him really being launched into ministry. And there's a, there's a connection here also that we miss, is that John and Jesus, they, their, their parents, or their, their mothers, were related. We learn this uh, early in the New Testament. But they were related. We don't know how much contact they had. Uh, but the mothers were pregnant at, the, at a similar time. They met each other when they were pregnant. So there was, there was a natural bond between them. But we don't know what contact we had. Now John, John knew that he, was, he had a mission. He was called to prepare the way for a Messiah who was coming, who was spoken of it in Isaiah. So he, he had a very specific calling to prepare the way and to start baptizing people, to call people to forgiveness of sins and to, and to receive um, a baptism by water. And that's where we see him today. So he was given a, a groundbreaking mission, which had never been heard about before, this, this baptizing But he also knew that Jesus, or the Messiah, was going to come later, who would baptise with the Holy Spirit. Also something which was transformational. The Holy Spirit was only momentarily talked about in the Old Testament as something which is a real, very very special presence of God. So John had a a really groundbreaking mission, things that had, had not been connected before. And on this one day in the first reading, Jesus, someone who's familiar to him, comes up to the river and it's very clear from the text he has a, a 
a sudden revelation, a Damascus moment, if you, if you like, that this was the Messiah. This is the person that he was preparing the way for. So they'd known each other, they'd had familiarity. But at this moment, he walked up, Jesus walked up to the river to be baptized, and John knew exactly who he was. This moment of baptism, Jesus wanted it. Jesus knew that he had to go through that and receive the Holy Spirit. It was a transformational moment for him. And we see it today very much as a transformational event as well, whether it's baptism or confirmation as well. There is something that happens when someone is presented before others and accepts the life of Christ publicly. And if you haven't been through that, think through it. There's something very significant that happens when one stands in front of others and recognises the position of Jesus in one's life. So what are the five things that I want to talk about in terms of Jesus' humanity? So first of all, uh, Jesus was touched by the love of those around him. Secondly, he was hugely compassionate. Third, he found space and he took time out when he needed it. Fourth, no surprise, he was let down by his friends. And lastly, he had a very intimate relationship with his Father God. So Jesus was very different to us in that he was fully human and fully God. But we see the humanity. And it should help us as we look at that humanity to connect with him, to relate to him. He went through everything on earth in a way in which we might have done if we were born in that period. And that should help us connect with him and it should help us recognize that he understands what we go through so first of all Jesus was truly touched by the love of those around him and the incident that I want to speak about is in John 12 and it was one of those times when he did take some time out he was having supper quiet meal, most likely, with a few friends. But they were quite special friends. Lazarus had just been raised from the dead. Story familiar to all of us, I would imagine. Lazarus was the brother of one of Jesus' close friends, brother of Martha. Martha and Mary were two sisters who were part of Jesus' ministry from the very beginning and were there right at the very end. So those two sisters, Lazarus, some of, the, some of the disciples, including Judas, and they were having supper in a village called Bethany. And at some point during this supper time, Martha gets out a jar of nard or ointment and starts to bathe Jesus' feet. Extraordinarily intimate moment. Martha, of course, I'm sure was overwhelmed by emotion at this point in time. Her, her brother had just been brought back to life and was there with her. But a very special and intimate moment when Martha expressed real love and care for Jesus. That's very hard, isn't it? Sometimes when you see someone doing something special for someone else, you get, oh, I should have been the one probably who did that. You try and find fault with it in some way. 
And in this instance, it was Judas who did that. He said to Jesus, that, that nard, it's very expensive. We should have sold that for the poor. And Jesus stopped him. I don't know which character you relate to in that story. But I think we've all received the sacrificial care from others at some point in time. And we should be thankful for that. Second point. Jesus was hugely compassionate. And we see many instances where he, his heart goes out to people during his life. One the one that I want to pick out is in Luke 7. And Jesus is entering a village. And as he's entering that village, a crowd of mourners are coming out. And there is a, um, a body being carried. Um, there are, in that culture, you'd have wailing, especially women, wailing women uh, thronging uh, the body and surrounding the person who's bereaved. And in this case, it's, uh, it's a mother, it's a son who has died, and she's already lost her husband. So a tragic situation and wailing and noise going on. And Jesus stops. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. And he came up and he touched the bier, as it's called, or the coffin, and the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man stood up. Now, Jesus had the power to bring someone back from the dead. He'd done it with Lazarus as well. He was that intimate with God the Father that he could see that healing happen. And we're unlikely to see that kind of power ourselves. Unlikely. We may. But the wonderful thing was that Jesus was moved and he sought to intervene and pray for that person. And the compassion that he felt, he turned that into action there and then. And how many times is it that we, we move on, we fail to act, we ignore the feelings? Who is it that we should be caring for at this point in time? Who do we know that needs support and love? Maybe you should send yourself an email now, just as a reminder. Who is there that you need to give that care for at this point in time? Phones away. Uh, third, third of five. A really important demonstration of his humanity. You know, we think of Jesus as this person who could do everything at any time. But Jesus found space and time to get peace when he needed it. If you read through Matthew and Mark, whenever he, he appears uh, in a situation, he's surrounded by crowds. There's a constant reference to him being with crowds. He's overwhelmed time and time again. But he does take a break from those. So he either heads up a mountain, sometimes he gets into a boat, or sometimes he just heads into a house. Well, even with the houses, he gets interrupted. We, we had this one incident where people took off the roof tiles and put a body down. 
But Jesus tried to step away from things and to get some peace when it was getting too much. And maybe today you're feeling overburdened, you're suffocating with what's there. But learn from Jesus. You can't find peace in busyness. You find peace in quiet. And in that quiet, he prayed, he listened, he was silent, but he found some recovery. He was fully human as well as fully God. Point four, he was let down by his friends. And there are a few examples of this, but the Garden of Gethsemane is one of those stories where you see that very poignantly. The Simon wake up moment. And in the Gethsemane story, Jesus is in one of those quiet places praying before his arrest. And he wants to know the support of his friends, of those closest to him. And he asks them to just wait. And I'm sure he said, pray for me, please. Pray for me, please. And he went back three times and they were asleep. Could you not watch with, could you not tarry with me one hour, he asks. And Jesus knew what was coming in the Garden of Gethsemane. He could see it as clear as day. He knew that Judas had gone off to make mischief. He knew trouble was coming. And he wanted time to collect his thoughts. He wanted a moment of peace and for the Father to restore him. He wanted to feel the love of his friends. And he wanted them to pray for him. And often we feel let down, don't we? Someone hasn't quite had the energy we would have liked to care. They They were visiting us while we had a need but they've drifted now and perhaps we feel as though we can't rely on anyone you know Jesus was let down let down at a very important time when he needed support but despite that those disciples he built the church on and one of those who he was talking to he asked to take care of his mother too Now, that doesn't mean we trust everyone. We always have to exercise some wisdom. But we have to exercise forgiveness with our friends when they're not as perfect as we are. Last one, number five. And still in the story of Gethsemane. And I think it's a wonderful illustration of the humanity of Jesus. Because in his prayer there, he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He, he knows so clearly what it is that he's facing. He knows arrest is coming. He knows it's going to lead to crucifixion. He can see all of that right before him. He asks the Father God, is there another way that this can be done? But importantly, he says, not as I will, but as you will. And sometimes, you know, we have songs or hymns on the screen. And those lyrics are totally sacrificial. And sometimes we'll find it's very difficult to sing those words. We just don't want to. They don't sit with us. We're not in that place. Other times they will be, but sometimes not. 
And Jesus admits in the Garden of Gethsemane in a way that he's not totally ready. But he submits himself to the Father. And it's not wrong to find things difficult. But it's wrong to walk away from them just because they are difficult. So what can we learn from Jesus' life as a human being that we should take as lessons for our own behaviour? So first, when others want to show you love, be gracious enough to receive it. When others want to show you love, be gracious enough to receive it. When you feel compassion for another, don't ignore it. Respond. Love your neighbour. Love your friend. If everything gets just too much, don't consider it failure. Just seek God's rest. Seek his rest. If you're being let down by your friends, give them another chance. And in all things, know that you have a Father in heaven who is here now, who you can talk to, whether in weakness or in strength, and bring him into your life. So take away the readings on the new sheet. Reflect on them. Think about Jesus as the man. Think too about whether you should be going through baptism or confirmation, making that declaration of faith in public. And seek to bring Jesus more closely into your life. Amen.